talk about that reward to you today. I am, you never met anybody more against health and wealth gospel than me. Let me just start that out. Health and wealth gospel is of the devil. It's from hell itself. It is a lie because all lies come from whom? The devil is a liar, the Bible said, and he's the father of it. So he created lying. So I can say if it's a lie, it comes from him. All right? And so there is a many, as soon as one health and wealth guy gets out, another one, two take his place. I remember Jim Baker being a health and wealth guy. He was a health and wealth guy. He got prosecuted, and he should have, and, you know, and put in jail. And, but after he went, I thought, well, whoa, we're rid of them. Well, we, then four or five others have popped up. But you cannot kill that false teaching. It's just it appeals to human nature. It just appeals to the raw nature of, of, of a carnal individual. Uh, that basically, God wants no bad for you, only good. That Basically, I'm going to go through life on the wings of a dove. And I'm not going to have bad stuff happen to me. Uh, no. No, look around. Look around. Read a little history of God's people. Uh, read the, I'll tell you a good book to read. John Fox, Fox's Book of Martyrs. Take an eyeball on that one. And Fox's Book of Martyrs will wake you up to what our forefathers have done for Christ and what they've gone through. I read that when I was in my teens, 19 years old, I think. And it so moved me to read John Fox's book. It took a whole life to write the book. They did good research on it. It's, it's uh, as far as we know, in every way he could find out the stories are true in there that it actually happened. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 35. Women received their dead raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. I want to talk to you about is Christianity a job to you or just or is it a life to you? Is Christianity something added onto your life like a job or is it your life? Because there's born again Christians who have added their Christianity onto their life. And then there are born-again Christians who Christ is their life. And it's everything he wants them to do and has them to do. It's the center of the world. I want to talk to you really also about the, the subject of rewards, rewards of the righteous. Notice that, that unusual phrase. What in the world does this phrase indicate not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. That means they could have accepted deliverance, but they didn't accept it. And I'll talk a little bit about what I think that deliverance was. So in essence, this verse says they could have, they could have refused uh, and accepted deliverance, but they decided to go ahead and live for God and obey Him, even in the midst of the trouble, and consequently they receive a, what are those two last words? Better resurrection. The word better resurrection means that there are different kinds of resurrections. You know, remember old Sears and Roebuck? Some of you won't, some of you young guys don't, it's gone. Sears and Roebuck had good, better, best. 
It always bothered me because I hate to buy anything other than best. Brother Charlie's that way. Charlie likes the best. That's why I married Jayla. Oh, that was good. But, uh, and you got the best in-laws you're ever going to get. I love this. Good, better, best. I didn't want to go in there and they'd say, well, do you want the good? Or would you like the best? I'd say, I can't afford the best. So give me the good. But in our Christian life, you have been given some degree of choice like we used to have at Sears. What kind of reward do you want in heaven? Good? Better? Or the best? Well, if you know yourself at all, everybody wants the best. But you're not going to get the best unless you plan on it. And you, and you have, and I'll hopefully clear that up here as we go down. Let me, let me give you some common myths. Have you ever heard of the program called Myth Busters? I like that program, especially when it goes bad. You know, they try to blow something up, and it blows their whole studio set up. You know, I mean, they say, well, that was a little bit bigger than we thought it was going to be. Here's some statements I've heard through the years, common statements that are wrong. They're common myths about reward and about heaven. No matter what I do in this life, I will go to heaven and just be happy to be there. Wrong. Second myth. It is not important if I take advantage of opportunities to minister because it will not really make much difference in heaven anyway. That's a Calvinist. That's wrong. Thirdly, everyone in heaven will be equal. That's wrong. It's going to wear my voice out here. Number four is a Christian cannot lose rewards no matter how he lives in this life. That's wrong. Fifth, fifth myth I saw is rewards are not a godly concept at all and are materialistic, appealing to the flesh and to this world. That's wrong. Uh, years ago, I went to an Awana meeting, a Awana management meeting, uh, and so people came in there to tell us that they, were, that they felt that the competition of Awana wasn't Christian. You know, Awana's competitive. If you, his, his kids, man, his kids got the Timothy Award, the, the Betty Award, or whatever award they deserve. I mean, they got everything. They, they, got, they got the jacket. It was so heavy, they walked like this. And, and they had all the rewards, all the pins, all the buttons, memorized all the verses, did all the books, and that was the first year. Almost. And uh, they give out, Awana gives out a whole plethora of awards. I mean, a bunch of awards. And those kids go after them things. Learn. So they said, well, why don't we think we're going to, this is after Royheim, the guy started, retired. Some new genius took over. Going to reinvent the wheel. Something's been working good for 50 years. What do you want to change it for? So they get in there and say, well, we're going to do something different. We don't, we don't believe this whole competitive thing is really carnal and not of God. I'm like, what Bible are you reading? What are you talking about? And um, they say, well, everybody's going to be a winner in Awana. That's a myth. Not everybody's a winner. There cannot be winners without losers. There cannot be winners. Winning means nothing if there's no losers. I mean, teachers have to have students to flunk out. Just make sure it's not your, your kid. 
You know, you've heard of the curve, right? The bell curve, the grading bell curve. F over here, A over here, and in between is the C students who run the world. Okay. These people in this verse of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 35, which is the Hall of Fame, and it's a beautiful place to read. The Bible says that they get a better resurrection, and they chose not to receive a deliverance that they could have received, but they chose to obey God and go ahead and do the difficult thing and to get a better resurrection. Uh, you've heard the statement, things that are different are not the same. I mean, a better resurrection means that there can be different kinds of resurrections. It's intimated in that. You mean that some resurrections are not going to, are going to be better than others? Yes, that's exactly right. Jesus said, Revelation uh, after, to the church at Smyrna, Revelation chapter 2, verse 10, Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. It's not everybody goes, not everybody going to get this crown because you got to be, it's conditional. You be faithful unto death, and I'll give you this, this uh, crown of life. It seems to indicate that if you're not faithful unto death, uh, that this particular crown will not be yours. That's what it seems to say. Possibly actually losing rewards through your behavior, a, 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 a poor or wrong biblical concept. In 2 John chapter 1, verse 8, and I'm going to give you a few of these, are places in the Bible that indicate that you can lose reward. Uh, it says there in 2 John 1, 8, Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full Reward. What's the word full mean? It intimates there's something other than full. You could have a partial reward or a half-empty reward or a quarter reward of what God of what God wanted for you because of your decision making. But he, he encourages there, uh, as Apostle John encourages them in the first chapter of the second John, look, uh, look to yourselves, pay attention that you lose not the things that God really wants you to have, but you receive. Everything he wants you to have, a full reward, not a partial reward. Colossians chapter 2, verse 18 says, Let no man beguile you of your reward. That intimates that you can be beguiled of your reward. It wouldn't say let no man beguile you if it, if it couldn't be beguiled. Are you following me on this? Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35, Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense, of reward. So you can cast away your confidence and not have great recompense of reward as you read through the scripture. So what it's saying there is there's a possibility of losing reward. Like any contest that has a variegated system of prizes from first place all the way downward, so the Christian life has various prizes possible for those who live it. Let me read, it makes, this makes sense, by the way, what I'm saying here. It makes sense, and, it, that, and that's uh, uh, horse sense, which is stable thinking. For the three people in here that never heard that before. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 through 27. What I've just said so far makes sense of this passage. Know ye not that they which run a race, so Paul's basically comparing the Holy Spirit, let me put it that way, through Paul is comparing our spiritual life with a race. Now, I ran the 440. I ran the 220. I was not fast enough to run the 100. 
uh, but I was pretty good. I'm pretty good. I never was great. I won one race in my entire career of, of track, and I, and I never knew how that happened. I thought maybe that somebody didn't show or something happened. And when I won, I was as surprised as everybody else. I looked back, and I kept looking back, and my coach decided to say, don't look back, don't look back, don't look back, run, 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 run. I kept running, I won. I just was stunned because I wasn't that good. But the Bible says, know you not that they which run the race run all. They give it everything they got. But one receives the prize. There were, there were seven other people running with me, but I don't, there was only one person out of those seven got the first place. That was me in that one race. So it says, so run that you may obtain. That's, that's your decision making, amen? That, that tells me that we have some, some uh, a wiggle room on our reward in heaven someday. Verse 25, and every man that striveth, the word in the Greek means to agonize, for the mastery is temperate, a self-controlled discipline in all things. Now, now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible, because he's comparing us with the Greek Olympic Games, and this is something very familiar with the people of the time. And he was saying, these people who run the, the, the race for the Olympics, they do, they, man, they, they work for four years of training, four o'clock in the morning while you're sleeping, they're up running, they're hitting it, they're hitting the gym, they're doing all this work and all this stuff. And they only, yet knowing, they do all that work, knowing only one can win. Nobody talks about number two or number three. I want to put some banners up in our gym, and I go to Thomas, and I say, Thomas, what have we won? He goes and finds out we won this in 2013, and we won this in some other year. And I said, that's only two banners? We've only won two championships uh, in, our, in our league? Yeah. I said, well, put up second place, third place. I want, I want more than two banners up here. He says, nobody cares about who's second. I said, well, we won the Christian Character Award just a couple years ago. Put that up. It's still not up. Now, they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but he says, we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body. What does that mean? I'm disciplined. Listen. Not too far from now, you're going to face Jesus one-to-one. And when the day happens, you'll be surprised how soon it came. You wish you had run all. You wish you had kept your body, your lusts, under. Discipline and control so that you could serve God. You wish you wouldn't have been so lazy and gave in to your body. Because being lazy is giving in to your, you know, I don't feel like going to church tonight. Who cares? Show up. I'm going to tell you what. How many times have I been to church and didn't feel like it, like, How many times I stepped up here to preach and I said, Lord Jesus, help me because I don't believe it's going to happen. How many times your Sunday school teacher showed up and you were so out of the mood? 
but you ask God to do something. It's oftentimes in those very Sundays that God comes. When you're the weakest, he's the strongest. That's Bible. Through through your infirmities, God's glorified. Oh, Ron Hamilton loses his eye. And what did God do with that? And what is God still doing with that? He's still working, still helping people. He's got to keep my body under and bring it into subjection. This is 1 Corinthians 9, 27. Lest that by any means, when I preach to others, I myself should be a castaway. The word castaway means unapproved. We see again in Philippians chapter 3, verse 14, actually 12, 13, 14, are all good, but verse 14 says, I press toward the mark for the prize That's a reward, by the way, of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I think the conclusion that we can draw from this is Paul wanted a better resurrection. He he didn't want good. He wanted the best. Rewards are a legitimate motivational tool used throughout the Bible. Now, just in case you think I'm for health and wealth, I told you ahead of time I'm not. Not the way they preach it. No, but God's system of blessing is not the world's system of blessings. And that, that's the division. Genesis chapter 15, verse 1, uh, God speaks to Abraham. He says, fear not, Abraham, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. I love that verse. Not as a world give, give I, you know, what God says. Ruth, you know the woman, Ruth, one of the good girls of the Bible. Ruth 2.12 says, The Lord will recompense thy work, and a full reward be given unto thee, unto the Lord God of Israel. Basically, a full reward, again, indicating you could have had a less reward, but you chose the best, the way to go. Isaiah 62.11 says, Behold, the Lord hath proclaimed unto the end of the world, Say ye to the daughter of Zion, Behold, thy salvation cometh, and where Jesus is coming. Behold, his reward is with him. And his, and his work before him. I love this in Psalm 19, one of my favorite places of all the Psalms, Psalm 19, 10, 11, talking about the word of God. It says, more to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter than honey in the honeycomb. I don't know about you, but I just like the way gold looks. I like to hold gold. I like to hold gold in my hand. You ever held an ounce of gold? Yeah, you people have been fishing, ounce of lead, ounce of gold, about the same weight. And about the same money now. But uh, that ounce of gold, you just, it's something about gold. It can be in the salt water for 365 years and come out looking just like it went in. The streets in heaven are going to be paved with gold. It's not going to be worth much. But here in this world, boy, men do everything they can for gold, gold. Well, here it's speaking to men. It says the Bible's more to be more to be desired than gold. If I laid up a hundred bars of gold as a pile here, and I said you can have this King James Bible, or you can have this hundred pounds, hundred pounds. I think gold's around seventeen hundred fifty bucks an ounce right now. You can have this hundred pounds of gold, or you can have that old King James Bible. If you had any sense at all, you'd say, give me the word of God. It's more to be desired than gold. Yay, than much fine gold. And here's the last of the verse, the best part. 
Yea, they must find gold sweeter than honey in the honeycomb. Moreover, by them as thy servant warned, and in keeping them, that is the word of God, there is great reward above gold. Everybody that, everybody that piles gold up this side of the world, in this world, if I should say, is going to have to leave it. But Jesus believed in a reward system. Matthew 5.11, Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner evil against you for my falsely, falsely, falsely for my sake. Rejoice in and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prostitutes before you. Matthew 6.4, Thine alms shall be done in secret and thy father who seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Matthew 10, 41, he that receiveth the prophet in the prophet's name shall receive a prophet's reward. He that receiveth the righteous man in the righteous man's name shall receive a righteous man's reward. Matthew 10, 42, and whosoever shall give a drink unto the one of these little ones, a cup of cold water, that's one of them bus kids, only in the name of a disciple. Verily I say unto you, he will in no wise lose his reward. That's a beautiful thing. There were two men. One guy's name was... Uh, Dave Anderson, one guy's name was Jim Murphy. Both went to work for the railroad. Uh, Dave was a crew chief on the, on the uh, group of people that were actually uh, replacing the wood underneath the rails and making sure the rails were in good shape. It was hot. Sun was out and it was hot and he had been working. But he was a crew chief. He'd been working for the railroad over 20 some odd years. A train came, a little short train came. You could tell, obviously, by, the, by how clean the engine was and by how clean the whole thing was. It was important. Somebody in there was important. The last, the caboose, they call it. I know that you young people have no idea what I'm talking about, but you go back and read history. But the caboose was where the fancy, the fancy, fancy caboose was in the back. This caboose even had air condition. And Jim Murphy, uh, which was in that caboose, uh, had the train stopped by this uh, crew of, of men working, which Dave was ahead of, and he, and he, caught, he rolled the window down on the, on the caboose, and he said, Hey, Dave, Dave what you doing? It's been a long time no see you. And he said, Jim, man, I haven't seen you in ages. So, man, he, uh, Jim Murphy invited this Dave up to the Anderson, this Dave Anderson up into his uh, fancy, fancy caboose, and in, in front of the men there, you know, and they stood there, they, they stayed there for about an hour. And he was up in there fellowshipping with this Jim Murphy and everything. Obviously, you know, when he got out of there and walked out of that and the train went on, that his men came around him and say, what in the world, how in the world do you know Jim Murphy, the president of the railroad company? How do you even know him and how does he know you? Oh, he said, we went to work for the railroad at the same time 23 years ago. Well, you know what the next question was? How is it that you're still a crew chief in the hot sun and uh, Jim Murphy's the president of the company? Oh, he said, I can tell you that. He said, when I went to work for the railroad, I, I, went, to the work, I went to work for the railroad at $1.75 an hour. And when he hired on, he went to work for the railroad. Basically, the one guy went to work for the money. The other guy went to work to help the railroad. Let me ask you a question. What kind of Christian are you? 
I hope you're not following Christ for because, you know, God's going to bless me some and going to help me some and going to do some, and you've just added him onto your life. You're still doing your, your agenda. You're still doing your plan. You're still working out your, your way. Or are you doing, or are you like this Jim Murphy? When you got saved, you went to work for the kingdom of God. Everything else was secondary. And that's how Jim Murphy got to be the president because they recognized that we got a guy here that cares about the future of the railroad. And you know, God will recognize the same thing. He'll say, I got somebody here that cares about the kingdom of God more than they care about their house and their car and their boat and their, all this other stuff. They actually care about me and my stuff more than they care about their stuff. That's why I preach a sermon on the church. I'll look better than your house. I can't tell you, of all the sermons I preach, I can't tell you how many times people have come to me and said that, that, that really got them. Well, I go over to some people's house and they're pristine. I mean, everything's trimmed. The grass is perfect. There's not a bug on the house. Everything inside is the same way. Well, brother, if that's your house and you come to this church and make sure it's the same, make sure there ain't a bug, everything's trim, it's all perfect, because I don't want to face God someday and say my house was better than your house. I, want, I, I'm, I didn't go to work for a buck seventy-five an hour. I went, I went to work for God. And I can't tell you how many times we've been painting this church and my house needed to be painted. We've been taking care of the grass and my grass was long and nasty looking until I got a gardener. I have a full-time gardener now. Kelly retired from the bank. Now she's my full-time gardener. <laughs> my neighbor actually, my neighbors actually feel sorry for her. I hear, I hear rumblings in the neighborhood. Lytel's abusing his wife. Now, this is true. I'm not kidding you a bit. I heard it. Somebody said, boy, the neighbors think you're really abusive. I said, why would that be? Well, your wife's out there in the hot sun, you know, all through the summer. The gnats, the flies, the mosquitoes in the hottest part of the day. Out there in the palmettos, cutting palmettos and trimming palmettos and pulling weeds and pulling vines out of the tree. And he says, we can't even believe that you treat her that way. I said, treat her that way. You can't stop her. I said, she wants to do it. Better than going to the gym a bunch of, among a bunch of prima donnas. I'm sorry. You know what's wrong with the gym? Too many mirrors. You should never go anywhere and want to look at yourself that much. Nobody should be going to a gym looking at himself in the mirror. You ought to look in the mirror and go, hey, black them things out, man. Some folks say Christianity on is an insurance policy. Hey, I want to cover when I die. I want to get that all covered. Because I know I'm going to die. It's not if, it's not an if, it's a when. And so I don't. I want to cover my death. So I'm going to. I'm ask Jesus to save me. I'm going to get. I'm going to get baptized. I'm going to join the church. I'm going to attend a few times, and eventually I'll kind of tail off on that. Got to do my own thing, and then I'll just. I'll take that birth, that certificate of salvation, that certificate of baptism, whatever they want to call it, 
and put that thing in the drawer, and then when, when it comes time to die, I'm going to take that out and say, hey, God, I'm part of the deal. Well, if they are part of the kingdom, they're going to get a small little reward. And they will be so unhappy with themselves that Jesus Christ was not their reason for living, was not their purpose in life, was not the love of their life. You can be an electrician and have Jesus as your reason for living, your purpose in life, and your love of life. You can be a veterinarian and have those things to be true in your life. But you want God to give you the eye of the tiger for the kingdom of God. Women received their dead, raised to life again, and their others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. I hope you someday don't face Jesus and have shame and regret flood your soul. But I hope you can face him with the expectation he will look at you and say, well done, thou good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of thy Lord, which is all by grace, by the way, through faith. You've been faithful in a few things, I'll make thee rule over many things. Enter into the joy of thy Lord. Is Christianity to you a job or a life? Father, we thank you for the few minutes together this morning. We pray that you would take these few words in the Bible that we've put with it and that you would penetrate the darkness, penetrate the natural resistance to spiritual teaching and truth. Father, take this wherever it goes, over the internet or wherever, and help people with it. Oh my God, may we put our hand to the plow, the kingdom of God, and not look back. May it help us to receive a full reward. Help us not to be beguiled by any vain philosophy that would take us away from the things of God. Help us not to be deceived by materialism. The Bible calls it the deceptiveness of riches. What is that? Is it ri- you think you really got something when you don't. The deceptiveness of riches. And that's what makes it hard for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Father, we just pray that you teach this. Why? Because you love these people. You love me. You love us. And you want us to receive the best we can receive that you have prepared for us. Not because you're trying to short us, trying to make our life hard here. No, none of that. But I can, we can be trusted with what you give us to invest it in the right place. There'll be someone here without Christ, their personal Savior, and if they die today, they actually do not have a good answer for where they'd spend eternity. May they today, may they today put their trust and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ who died for them, was buried and rose again the third day, that they may have eternal life, forgiveness of sin. Shed his blood that satisfied the justice of God concerning their sin. Oh my, in Jesus' name.
Amen. Let's stand. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.